Welcome to The Real Journey Show. On this podcast, you can expect guests of all backgrounds and professions to share a real journey they have experienced in this thing called life. From origin to current, the rocky ups and downs in the middle, and what is yet to come. The journeys of each guest will vary, but there is one thing that will remain constant. The listeners will be reminded that life experiences have a compelling way of connecting us, inspiring us, and empowering us to stay real. I am Tara Martin, your host of The Real Journey Show. Welcome back to The Real Journey Show. We are so excited that you decided to join us today. We have a very special guest. He is one of my DVC brothers, and I'm super excited about having him on the show today. I actually had him on a Facebook Live a couple of weeks ago. And the topic that he shared was so well received by our participants. And I was like, I got to have him back on the show. And I've also been trying some of these things. So I would love to just kind of talk about that and share that with all of you listeners. And hopefully that you will gain some strength and some encouragement from this amazing educator. He is an author of two different books the Zen teacher, also Sanctuaries. He worked with Dave, which is so cool, Dave Burgess, in the same school. They were like buds and or are buddies. And um, he got to see him teach in action, which I think that alone would be so cool. And I'm just so grateful for Dan Tricarco on the show with us today. He is the, the opposite of me. I feel like I'm like the Energizer Bunny and Dan is the one who's so calm and refreshing. So I'm super excited to have him on the show to balance everything out. And Dan, please do formally introduce yourself and tell everybody where you're from, what you do, and maybe talk about knowing Dave. That's kind of (laughs) cool. Sure. Thank you, Tara. And I would just want to thank you for having me on the show. Um, I think you do amazing work. And so I'm just so flattered and excited to be here. And um, yeah, my name is Dan Tricarico, and I've been a teacher at West Hills High School in San Diego for, I'll be starting my 30th year in this upcoming uh, um, unpredictable, super bumpy, don't know how it's going to look year that's coming up. So it's a good thing I'm the Zen teacher. That's all I got to say. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know, years ago, um, Mr. Burgess was at our school and I met him there and it was wonderful to work with him. And I always admired the kinds of things that he did. And he was always so engaging and the kids loved him. And the story I like to tell is that, um, I would be in the mailbox room in the morning and I would just be looking through my mail, um, from the mailbox and I would look up and there would be Dave and he would be dressed as the wicked witch of the West because he was doing the Salem witch trials or Rosie the Riveter. And I would just be like, Oh, Hey Dave. And Hey, and that was just like a normal day, you know, that was just like it. That was just like what happened, you know, and everybody was just used to it. And and that was Dave and it still is Dave. And, and he is obviously, well, he, he's not only um, changed education and become a rock star in that space, but um, he's certainly changed my life. I did not uh, expect to have um, this kind of calling in the twilight of my career to go out and help teachers and I mean, it's just been unbelievably humbling and um, just so impactful to me uh, to to have teachers reach out and say, hey, your book really helped. Or, you know, I, I tried, you know, as we're going to talk about today, some strategies, you know, really helped me. And, you know, 
it's I can't even put into words how amazing that has been. So that's that's a great way to go out of my career. I'll tell you that. So, totally. Oh, so it's been God. super fun, and and it's and I owe it all to Dave. And I love that you just you just look at Dave and say, "Hey, Dave." <laughs> no matter that's what you're doing. <laughs> Welcome. How was your morning? Yeah. <laughs> no big deal. NBC. No big deal. <laughs> so funny. Um, yes, he is such a gem and he's so great at finding people and finding their strengths and really just turning a spotlight on them and amplifying them. That's what he did for me. And I just see him doing that for people all the time. Shelly too. Yes. The Burgesses are so keen to that. Mm-hmm. Um, really highlighting, recognizing people's strengths and really highlighting them. And that's what I love so much, Dan, about your books, because they do highlight the thing that you are so passionate about. But for any of our listeners that don't already know, like what's, what happened? You know, this is a real journey show. So it's all about the journey and getting from point A to point B. So were you always a Zen teacher? Were you always calm and collected? Or did something spark that? Oh, something absolutely sparked it. <laughs> um, probably about six years ago. Uh, and, and yes, this is absolutely all about my journey as well. And, and it's one of those things where I'm hoping other people can benefit from what I went through. But about six years ago, I was really heading toward burnout. And um, I love teaching. I've loved every minute of it. And I love being in the class with the kids. But all the other stuff, the bureaucracy and the red tape and the administration stuff and the lack of funding and the exploding class sizes and the, the fact that the testing machine is just bizarre and out of control, all of that just really started to get to me. And I noticed that it was getting to other teachers as well. And I looked around and all these great teachers were crashing and burning and melting down. And in some cases, just leaving the profession. We lost three teachers in my department alone in the space of a couple of years. And I just looked at that and I said, I, I can't do that. I had a family and a mortgage and, you know, just had all these things and responsibilities. And I'm like, I have to find a way to make it through. And I remember I was on a walk one day and I, I was just mulling this over and, and just feeling very overwhelmed and not sure what to do. And, and I, it was almost like an out-of-body experience because I can see myself having this thought now. I said, guys, you know, it's almost like you have to be a Zen teacher or something. And then I stopped. And, I, and it was that light bulb moment. And I raced home. and Because uh, I've, I've always wanted to be a writer. I've, I've loved writing my whole life. Having a book published is, was a dream of mine. And so Dave made that happen too. And, um, but I rushed home and, and the first thing I did was I checked the domain name, the Zen teacher. Now this is in 2014 and it was available and I'm like, okay, well that's the universe giving me a big fat green light saying that this is your, your space buddy, you know, run with it. And so now I think I own that donate that, that name for like the rest of my life. I mean, I, I bought it for like 20 years or something, but, um, but yeah, so that was open and, uh, you know, I, I just started this really kind of cheesy website and I just started blogging and um, you know, thanks to the the magic of social media, I started sending it out on Twitter where a ton of teachers are and they just kind of started responding. And then I had an opportunity to go to a, um, a conference and I'm, I live, you know, I'm going to brag a little bit here and say I live in San Diego. So I'm not much of a traveler because I look around and go, why would I go anywhere? But, um, but I, you know, I had this opportunity to go to um, a conference and it was in New Jersey. I'd never been east of the Grand Canyon, 
And that was when I was 15 on the family trip. And so I just, I, I just said, I'm just going to do it. This is an important message. And I'm just going to, I'm going to get on a plane. I don't know what I'm doing and I'm just going to go. And I went into this little conference, this little education conference. And I went in to do my presentation, first presentation of the Zen teacher, 25 or so teachers. And they were all looking at me like, I can't believe he's talking about this. Nobody is talking about this. So the great thing, because I really have no ego about this, is since then, I've seen a handful of other teachers take up this mantle and start talking about self-care for teachers and stress reduction. And um, there's a lady who calls herself the burned-in teacher, and there's the calmish teacher, and I love that name because we're not calm; we're just calmish, right? You know, there's it's a, it's it's a path, and you know, there's ups and downs. That's just normal. But you know, other people are starting to talk about this, and so I, I feel a little bit like the grandfather. You know, I feel a little bit like you know the 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 elder statesman who who kind of said maybe we should be talking about this, you know, and uh, and so that was how it began, and it really began through through my need for some some way to get through it. And I just went back to thinking about when I was a, a, a drama major and all of the relaxation exercises and the be in the moment exercises and the meditation exercises that our acting teachers had us do, I was like, that's what teachers need, you know? And so I started writing about that. And, um, you know, because I, I jokingly say I do five shows a day, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so all of the, there's an overlap and all of those strategies, I think, really can help us. And then I've learned so much since talking about this, too, because like, as, as all teachers know, you learn by teaching. And, and so when I talk about things, I'm like, oh, I'll bet you this would work. Or, oh, this is an interesting idea that I just said and I didn't know I was going to say, you know, <laughs> yeah. so then, then that, there's a blog post, you know. And so it just, it just kind of evolved and, and um, kind of, you know, snowballed from that. I love it. And, and you know... I'm so grateful that the Zen teacher domain was not available, but it also makes, so you could have it, but it also makes complete sense because, you know, typically you don't think of teachers as being Zen, right? They're usually completely overloaded, completely stressed out, um, trying to be everything for everyone, just as you were, um, and finding the need for that. And I think, Dan, honestly, the main reason I I wanted to have you on the show anyway, because I love your message, but at this time, particularly, I feel like teachers more than ever need to hear this message and not dismiss it. I mean, I was that teacher. I'm like, that's awesome that you can be calmish because I can't. Like, that's not a part of me. But there gets to be a place and a time where you have to like either your system is going to shut down you're going yeah. to get sick or you're going to struggle emotionally mentally physically all of these things and the older i get the real the more i realize you know what you can't just go all the time like yeah. it's not possible and yeah i'm so grateful that you are sharing this message and you know when we were on the facebook live the other day we are really talking about sanctuaries. I love the Zen teacher, it's such a great book. And the sanctuaries is kind of where I was. I'm like, I need to apply some of the stuff. I know I need to calm down. <laughs> I know I need to, you know, slow down, simmer down, but I need to know like, what can I do? And that's what I love so much about sanctuaries um, is that it really helped me to kind of 
put some things in place. And so on our show, you talked about the five S's. I would love if you just kind of shared a little overview of those. And we kind of talked about, I've been trying to implement three of them (laughs) and I'm really proud of them. So I want to talk about them later, but I want you to share them first for all of our listeners, if you don't mind. No, sure. And and I definitely want to talk about the ones you've been implementing and, and how that's been going for you. But I, uh, just a, a quick throwback to something you were saying, which is, you know, it's absolutely baked into our profession to just go all the time and be everything to all people. And and like you said, that's not sustainable. And, and the, the funny thing about my message is that when I started talking about it, I really had to you know, uh, realize that it was really kind of subversive to talk about these things. And, and there are some people who, and teachers who are like, well, no, I have to do this. And that's, that's fine. I mean, what, um, you know, like when you say you're not like that, I'm like, no, be you. I'm not saying don't be you. I'm saying, but when inevitably you feel that stress, here are some things you can try. And then, you know, like anything, you take what works for you and you throw out the rest and, and that's what teachers do. But, you know, it's, it's just important for people to realize that if you get, you know, that it's baked into the, the profession. And so it's not, it's not just you. It's the system that you're in. And we've heard a lot about um, disadvantages of certain systems lately. And, and I think that's one disadvantage of our system is it kind of uses up the people sometimes when they're in it. So I, I knew I couldn't change the system. I, I didn't have control over that. But I had control over me. And so... And it's, it's really funny because once I wrote, oh. Oh, I just want to go into real quick, just back, back to what you talked about. I think some people categorize, or at least I did, so I'll speak for myself, categorize like the calm personality as like um, something they can't attain. So if they are go-getters, they're busy, they're just, my mind is always going, I dream in full color, right? I'm just always. When I wake up in the morning, I go until I fall asleep at night and I go strong. And and I have since I was a baby, right? That's just like, that's me. But in my mind, I always thought, you know, the really calmer friends that I've had that are so collected, I always just thought that's them. And like, that isn't really my personality trait. So it's not something I really need to adapt to. But I, I know what you're saying. And I'm now that I'm getting older, and I realized like this little system, uh, my human body, mind, and soul cannot physically and mentally keep doing what it was doing or it will shut down. Like, so you start to realize it's not a personality trait. It's not like that's them, this is me. No, it's something like every human must eventually realize that they need, just like your computer needs a restart, just like your car needs fresh oil change, you know, it's the same for humans. This is not like a separate, oh, they're kind of woo woo. And I can't be that because it's not really me. No, it's like, you have to implement some of these things in your life, or you're going to shut down. And you're going to struggle and you're going to get sick. And so um, once I changed my mindset, and I realized, you know what, my body needs this. Yeah, it's not really me. And I'm going to have to be very intentional to add these things into my life. But I want to live a long time and I want to live a healthy life. And I want to be everything I need to be for other people. And I can't if I'm run down. So I love that you made that distinction. Well, if maybe if you didn't make that, that's what I got. No, I, that's what I was saying. 
Yeah. And I think whoever's listening out there, if you're like me and you're like, oh, I'm just going to turn this off because that's not really me. Like, I'm not, I can't do that stuff. Listen, <laughs> L- listen, because you can and it changes you and it makes you better. You know, you're reminding me, I just read an article where it talked about how the cliche of the teacher is that we're either a savior or a slacker. And it's, it's like, yeah, that hit me between the eyes too, Tara, because it's like, you know, those are just the ends of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And, you know, most of us are in, in the middle somewhere. And if we're trying too hard to be a savior, we're going to burn out and crash and burn and, and leave. And if, uh, if we're too calm and, and I, I will guarantee you that this has happened to me, if we're too calm and we seem too laid back, people go, Oh, you're lazy or, Oh, you're a slacker. Oh, you're not really, you're not a good teacher because you're not you know, you're not exhausted all the time. Well, but you know, but I'm going to be a teacher for over 30 years, you know, so that's the trade-off. So, you know, maybe I'm not going as, as fast or hard all the time as these other people, but you know, that doesn't mean I don't have a work ethic or that I'm not trying to do my best. Right. So back to the five S's. Um, I, every time I do a workshop, the, the leader or the moderator says, what's, you know, if they say, what's the first thing I can do because teachers want to act and they want to do things right now. What's the first thing I can do to lower my stress and improve my self-care? And then, you know, like I was saying, I, I learned too, and I learned, you know, about the five S's and they are stillness, silence, space, subtraction, and slowing down. And just to go over them super, super quickly, and anybody can always reach out to me if they want more information on this, but um, stillness just means stop going all the time. Just like what we were just talking about. You don't always have to go all the time. Maybe sometimes you're sitting on your patio, looking at the clouds and listening to the birds. Maybe sometimes you're just having that glass of wine at the end of the day and sitting at the kitchen table. I mean, wherever you can just stop doing, you know, so important just to stop doing sometimes, not all the time. You know, I, you know, I probably, some of this came out of me being a giant couch potato, but you know, not all of it. My, my daughter, um, you know, made, made me laugh because she looked at me side-eyed one day and, and she was like, are you sure you're not just lazy and calling it philosophy? Um, so, you know, there's, there's that part. There's maybe there's some overlap, but stillness is just non-doing. And the perception culturally is that we're just being lazy, but that's not true. Then there's silence. And I always say silence is a gift we give ourselves because our culture does not value silence. There is white noise everywhere. There is noise everywhere you go. So what, an, what a powerful and luxurious thing to go someplace and just be quiet and just have no sound. Now, as teachers, we, we hate dead air. You know, we ask a question and we hear the crickets. We got to fill that space, man. But I've learned the, the power and the importance of just not saying anything and just being, just being silent. Um, space. Now, we've all heard of Marie Kondo and, you know, tidying up and, you know, look at everything and decide if it gives you joy and that kind of thing. And that's kind of what I'm talking about there. And, and um, when you come f- from being a drama major, there are plenty of, uh, like when I was in the drama major, I thought I was in Hogwarts because these teachers were nutty, nutty butters. They were just, you know, crazy people. Uh, but, but a lot of them were very sweet and very fun. But um, there were the woo-woo teachers and those people kind of drove me a little bananas because I was that way a little bit. But I wanted to also act actionable, practical strategies that I could, you know, be a better actor with. And um, but I, this is one area where I am a little bit woo because I I really do believe that if you're suffocated with junk and garbage and clutter, that you're really suffocating the ability for the universe to bring you what you want. And if you get rid of all that clutter, 
then you open it up and you give yourself breathing room and you give yourself elbow room just to move around more gracefully and more peacefully through it in the world. And so I think space is a really important one. Um, one thing I think you're going to talk about a little bit is subtraction, which is the idea of taking away those things that don't serve us anymore. A lot of times our schedules are very cluttered because we're doing a bunch of things because they're habit and we've just always done them. Maybe we're in that book club we've been in for three years, but we just kind of resent having to go every Thursday night or whatever it is. So I just say radically and subversively, stop. Just take it off your calendar. Say, I can't do it anymore, right? And that's okay. People are like, oh, but I'm going to disappoint my friends or, oh, but they're expecting me. Yeah, guess what? They're grownups. They'll get over it, right? And your life will be better. Magic, right? Just absolutely magic how that works, right? So then that's subtraction. And then slowing down is probably the hardest one for, for most people, but just for teachers in general, which is, you know, just um, find ways throughout your day uh, when you're doing a task just to remove all of the other, you know, kind of uh, duties and obligations and responsibilities and let that task take the time it's going to take. And for example, just doing the laundry, right? It gets really easy to throw in a load of laundry and go, well, I've got to be at the, you know, the, the barber or the stylist at five, and then we're going to have dinner, and then i got to be here and to do, to do all these things. But what if you took all that stuff off the calendar, and you just did your laundry, and you just enjoyed doing the laundry, and you just let it take as long as it took? And you, like, I'll stop and I'll change my playlist on my phone for a better song, you know, while I'm doing the laundry or whatever, just because I've created these margins around this, this, this activity that gives me the freedom to, to have it take as long as it takes. Now, that's obviously not always possible, but I will tell you that when you plan it intentionally and you do that, it, it's magical. It really is a, a wonderful experience. So those are the five S's. And so you can ask me about any of them or you can tell me how you use them. And Yeah. So after we talked, well, when we were talking, we were talking a little bit about... Um, I think at that moment, I can't remember which one I was trying for the first time. Silence, silence and stillness with my um, Headspace app, right? I'm getting better. I will tell you that I, so we're on week two and I can sit for like five minutes solid and breathe. And I feel like- I'm impressed. I'm not, I'm not teasing you. I'm impressed with that. It's That's hard for people to do who are used to going to sit for it, five. It, it really is. It was so hard for me to get to five minutes. I mean, I probably am like really my mind wanders just a little during that time, so it's not solid. Like I'm not totally okay. feeling my mind, but they do tell you in the app that this is normal. Like yes. it's normal for you to not be proficient <laughs> yet at being still and being quiet. But I, I honestly didn't think it was going to (laughs) work. I was like, I think this, I'm just going to try this because everybody keeps telling me that the most successful people in the world meditate and they pause and they breathe. And I'm like, I want to be a super successful person. So I'm going to do it. No, I really felt like I needed that kind of recharge anyway. And I also wanted to have, Dan, what I really wanted to have is like control over my mind. I wanted to be able to steal my mind when I needed to. And honestly, I can't, I can't do that on my own unless I'm sleeping. I told you that earlier. It's just always going. And so sitting in my room in the same place, 
with the lights out, with my noise canceling earmuffs and the guided meditation um, guy. You can have a guy or a girl on that app. So it's really cool. Um, you have the option and they kind of walk you through just really breathing exercises and just getting to this place where you're really just not thinking about your to-do list and all the things in the world that you need to do. And it is so refreshing. Like, yes, I, I know it sounds silly that I can't believe it worked, but I really can't believe it works because I never tried it before. And so when I come out of that, I literally feel, and I often relate this to my computer. It just makes sense to me because I have to reboot it all the time because it also has a thousand tabs open and it's going just like my brain is going. Um, yeah. And so I have to shut it down, give it a little restart. And I feel like that's what it does in the middle of my day. I do this after my workout. So I do it after I eat breakfast, then I go take a shower, then I do that. It's just kind of part of my routine. So it's my reboot before I start hardcore work, before I start doing DVC work. And it is kind of like sets working out and all of that physical strength that I'm trying to gain apart from like my mental work that I'm about to do. And I feel like it just gives me this calming before I go into sometimes a really stressful situations with work. Work is busy. It's, you know, you know, work is work, yeah, right? Yeah. And so uh -huh. I feel like it just gives my mind this fresh start. I haven't gotten to the place where I do it in the evenings too. I just do it in the one time during the day. But stillness, being still for that long was also kind of hard for me. I'm a wiggle worm. And it talks about like really just sitting crisscross and really just sitting, like not moving your hands, not moving your shoulders, and you let everything kind of droop. And that alone was hard. For, I was so wiggly the first week for sure, but I'm getting so much better at just being very still and being very um, silent and just breathing. That's great. Yeah, that's, it's getting better. That's good. And one thing you said early on is, you know, the idea of pausing and breathing. And it's just funny to me that, you know, like, you know, it, this is not conscious, but so many people are like, I don't have time for that. But who, like, who would look at the idea of pausing and breathing and going, I'm not going to do that, right? But um, what happens is, and this is something else you were kind of implying, is that these, the, these concepts are so simple. And sometimes we overlook the simple because we think things need to be hard or complicated mm -hmm. and they don't. And we think that the simple things won't work. But here's, here's the, the irony is that simple does not mean easy. And, um, and as you're saying, the idea of just sitting still for five minutes can be incredibly challenging for a lot of different reasons. But the other thing is, and I'll, I'll use a metaphor that you're more familiar with than I am, um, that the mind stuff, uh, the mind is also a muscle. And so if you work it out and you practice over time, it's going to get better. And the, the mistake I made when I started meditating um, it is thinking, well, first of all, that um, you know, I had to go to the local meditation center and sit on the funny cushions and be there for two hours. And, and I did try that. And it, I was like, that's not for me. But, but I, I learned that meditation for me can happen very quickly. And many times throughout the day, instead of one sustained time, I will take three breaths at a red light. I, I, I took um, very calm, silent breaths before coming on here because I was nervous. But um, so just those times throughout the day when you just, like you said, you need that little reboot can be super fast. 
The other thing that's interesting about that stillness in the meditation piece is that I, you know, I thought when I first started, I was doing it wrong because I thought, well, I can't have any thoughts. That's the goal is no thoughts. And then I learned from listening to other meditation um, teachers that, no, we're human. The thoughts are going to come. And the idea is that they come, but you don't attach to them. You don't have to connect to every single thought that comes through. That was revolutionary to me. That was an epiphany for me. Um, so maybe I did attach to that thought anyway. But um, the, the funny thing, the, the analogy that I heard, and I put it in the Zen teacher book, is um, that it's like sitting at the edge of a riverbank. You can see that current going by and just rushing by, but that doesn't mean you have to jump in it up to your elbows. You can just sit on the shore and just watch it go by and not engage and not attach. And that's the same thing with the thoughts in your head. When they come, because they will, and you're meditating, just let them go out the other side and learn how to practice that, that um, practice and, and work that muscle. It's so true. And I know this is going to be like every other muscle that I'm going to train, right? I, I, I can feel it because I'm getting stronger and it's right. getting longer and I'm starting to understand it. And you said something that reminded me of something you might be proud of. I was, um, I got this message from a friend on Voxer and I typically listen to Voxer in my car because it just works when I'm traveling to drop off packages. I just listen. And it was a, alarming message you know about their child and i was just immediately consumed with angst and and hurt and worry and um i literally didn't stop at a red light i pulled over and i did the we've learned we've been learning some breathing techniques at um crossfit as well so my coach mm -hmm. is very into this he's he's who advised me on the Ed, headspace app too. Um, but we, I just pulled over and did the triangle breathing. I think we talked about this on the Facebook live where you breathe in for six seconds, hold it for six seconds, breathe out for six seconds. But I literally was about to lose it. I was feeling overwhelmed on something that I couldn't control. And I think that's one of the things that this being still and being silent and just breathing has helped me to realize, I don't know that I'm to the place where I can look at my thoughts and not attach to them just yet, but I'm getting to this place where I can silence my mind and just, but in that moment, I needed to just calm down and realize like, I can't do anything about this right now. And so just taking five breaths like that, on the mm -hmm. side of the road, I immediately felt better. But more than that, I was, I feel like I'm getting to this place where I can control my thoughts. Like I'm not going to choose to jump in the water, right? Not right now. I have, a, I have things I need to do. I need to be driving. I can't be crying and overwhelmed about something that I can't control. And so I know it works. And like you said, it's just so simple that it seems like there's no way that could work. And it's free. It's, it's free. It's always available. Uh, yeah. I mean, breathing is available <laughs> at all times. And yeah. we don't we take hope. energy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, if not, then you don't need to be meditating, right? Yeah. You're in a better place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, that has been so eye-opening for me. So if you're out there listening and you're like, Tara and Dan are crazy, I, I know <laughs> that's, that's, too, but, that's yeah. how I felt when I used to listen to people talk about this. But I'm telling you, as the Energizer Bunny, slowing down and breathing and giving my mind some space, I know 
without a shadow of a doubt. That was the first time I actually applied it in real life, like not sitting in my room. So I know it's going to work. And I'm really excited about being able to apply that in all areas. Anytime I'm feeling that, being able to stop and say, you know what, I have tools in my toolkit to to calm down and to restart and Mm -hmm. to get a fresh mindset going into this and to not attach myself to that that I can't control because there's really no reason for it. And going into this semester, I feel like I feel like a lot of educators could benefit from something some of these tools just because there's so much out of our control. There's so much it feels like we can't um, we don't know how to act because we've never had to do this before. But you have free resources right inside of you that you can pull yes. out and use at any time that's really going to help you. Yeah. And, and I, I always say, and I, and I love this idea, the five S's are, as you said, always free and always available. Yes. You can use them anytime. Totally. So um, the other one I've been working on, Dan, is subtraction. Awesome. Um, I'm not so much a clutter bug like in my house. It's very interesting. My, my husband uh, picks on me sometimes because when you take those personality tests, like I come out as an extrovert introvert and I, I never fit any box out there ever. I mean, can you imagine? Which you put on the block are you? No, which, I'm just kidding. <laughs> which, I, don't you. No, I don't even know. I'm just always like the outlier. It's like, I don't know what's wrong with her. Um, <laughs> The same thing works with like computer stuff. So when I'm creating, that's where I spend a lot of time creating, do a lot of graphic designing for uh, CBC Inc. And I just make a mess of my computer. I mean, layers after layers of images and my computer was just a disaster. I wrote a blog about it and I didn't realize how bad it had gotten. I just realized that it sounded like a helicopter and was about to blow up. Like, and I was like, man, this is so frustrating having to shut my computer down like five times a day and keep it plugged in because it's losing its battery. And when I went up to talk to my husband, I was like, well, I'm going to need a new computer. He's like, because <laughs> that's what we think, right? That's- Everything's going wrong and it surely can't be us or anything right. that we've done. It's just like the, the system is falling apart, right? The hardware. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But when he looked at it, he looked at my storage and he was like, Good grief, girl. Like, what are you doing? I don't even know how many files are on here, but you've bogged this thing down and it's a great computer. It's only a couple of years old. And so he's like, for the girl who has a color-coded closet and fusses it, if anybody messes with the kitchen utensils and puts them in the wrong place. I mean, I'm pretty organized in every area of my life, but not digitally, right? And he said, you've got to remove these. And what is this folder over here that says desktop? I'm like, oh, that's where I clean off the desktop and drop everything in there. And I just <laughs> label the it. The <laughs> that's the I just, kitchen. That's a lot of desk. He opened it up. It was like dates and dates of desktop mess. He's like, first of all, this folder needs to be gone. If you've never used anything from it since for the last two years, you need to delete it. And then also all these files, you just need to delete them. Like you, you can't just store them places. You need to subtract them from your life. Like they're going to be gone. So go through them and make sure there's nothing super important and then delete it. And when I saw seven, it says, are you sure you want to delete 7,960 something files? I was like, like surely some of that is valuable. Right. And, but I knew I couldn't just dump it in a folder. I just had to delete it. And my computer ran like 
a pro. I haven't missed any files, so I don't know if anything was important, but so far I haven't missed anything. And I think of my life and I think of my mind, you know, maybe not the clutter in my world uh, physically, but in my mind, I take on too many things. I have too many tabs open. I have too many files sitting around that aren't serving me. Mm -hmm. And it kind of goes back to headspace, really. I just need to delete them. I don't really even need to delete them. I don't think that app is called that by accident. What'd you say? I don't think that app is called that by accident. Exactly. I need some space in my head. Headspace. (laughs) Yes. And it's just the computers run fine. I don't even have to stay hooked up to my, I mean, it's like brand new again, of course. (laughs) 7,000 yep. files, that's ridiculous. But that's I know if you're listening and you never have your desktop looking like that, well, whatever. Just apply it to any other area of your life. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a giant metaphor. Yeah, yes. yeah it absolutely is. Don't. And, and I, I always say, like, when uh, when Google Drive came out, I didn't know what it was all about. And students were sharing, because, you know, they're brilliant with technology. And they were sharing things with me. I'm like, whatever. And now, like I said, I think it's like a family of four lives in my Google Drive because like, I don't, there's so much going on and I'm just horrified. I don't even look in there, you know? And, <laughs> and if I just took five minutes a day and just got rid of 10 files, it would be cleaned up eventually, but I'm, it's too overwhelming and we get overwhelmed, you know? It's just it too is. big. 7,000 well, files, that's a lot of files. Well, I was trying to like click on them on my desktop. You know how you can click and hit command and just select all of them? Right. Well, they were layers after layers <laughs> deep and it was never disappearing so i literally had to go to list view start at the top scrolly for a day down to the bottom with it highlighted to, to delete all those because i really could have never just like you said it just gets overwhelming and i think yeah. you know with anything in our life it doesn't it, that didn't happen overnight that happened over a month and so you can't and, get rid of it overnight. No. And most of the time, it's not like a computer where you just highlight everything and just say, gone and done. But, okay. and that's how it is with my mind. I'm having to learn to be very intentional to not let it get to that cluttery space again. Like not to clutter up my space right. again and to allow it to have compartments. Mm-hmm. And to put, put some things, systems in place. Yes, to put things in place so it's not so overwhelming. But... That is, those are a few that I've been working on, Dan. I, I'm sure I could work on the other ones as well. <laughs> well, but like you're saying, though, again, even that, if there, you know, there's five S's, that's, that's overwhelming. So I recommend that people pick one or two where they think, okay, working on this is really going to improve my life and looking around at your life. And, you know, one thing, when you were talking about the thoughts and being able to control your thoughts, I realized, well, she's already got the first step down, which is just acknowledging that those thoughts exist. Most of us don't look at our thoughts. Sometimes, and this is a delicate topic, but sometimes we don't want to look at our thoughts because when you're still and silent, you're faced with what is, and sometimes that's not too pretty. And that, that can be the challenge. And, and that happens to all of us. And I think that's the other thing to keep in mind is if you get still and silent and you go, wow, my life's a mess, you're not alone. <laughs> you know, we, we've all been there, you know, but then that if you're brave enough, that silence and that stillness allows you to look at what's not working and then maybe go, okay, now I can take some steps to try to figure that out, which is just going to improve your life on another level. I think, honestly, I feel like this is just something not only as educators, we need to practice and do um, any of the S's. If you start with any of them, like Dan said. Absolutely. But 
but we need to also empower our students to be able to do this and equip them with the tools to be able to do it too. And what a better way than to model it, right? And I'm not saying that, you know, everybody has to sit crisscross applesauce and think, although that would be lovely, but a mindfulness minute in the classroom, just having a moment, a minute of silence and space and stillness I mean, that could be a great reset for students. They're going to need some of these tools in their toolkit too to to deal with what is unknown this semester, but really just to deal with life. I wish I would have learned it when I was a little girl. You know, I'll share a quick story with you. Um, I totally agree with you. The the school and the area that we work in, I grew up in, and it just tends to be a, a teeny weeny bit conservative. And so if I went, I'm going to do meditation with all my students, you know, they probably would have a purple cow. But, um, but what was interesting is I started doing silent reading with my classes, especially my ninth graders, who can be a little squirrely sometimes, although they're adorable. Um, but uh, when I surveyed them on how it was going for them, you know, I, I got, you know, every English teacher wants to hear I'm reading faster. I enjoy reading more. I'm reading at home and all of this kind of stuff. But you would think that the Zen teacher would have anticipated this, and I didn't. They said things like, I really enjoyed the quiet. I really enjoyed just the few minutes to you know, organize my thoughts before we started class. I really enjoyed um, just being able to sit with my thoughts before we got started. And, I, and that blew me away. I was like, whoa, of course, of course. So even though I'm not you know, being radical and, and kind of, you know, too progressive for the room, uh, I, they're getting that, not only the modeling for me, but they're getting that experience of just that, that downtime and that stillness through the silent reading. And the silent reading is, is keeping their minds active and keeping them engaged, but, the, but they have the stillness, they have the silence. And, um, and so I was secretly kind of like giggling behind my hand going, this is awesome, you know, because they're getting that too. And the other thing you reminded me of is how kids will come up and go, Mr. T, Mr. T, I can't turn in my essay. I've got to, you know, and they're all wound up in there. And I say, whoa, stop, just take a breath. And they go, and I go, no, that was a gasp. That was not a breath. They're different, right? And so just like doing little things like that around the edges, Dave Dave talks about the, the, the margins of the classroom experience and just in the personal interactions, making distinctions like that and kind of um, pointing out to them and acknowledging without judgment, hey, look, you know, you just gasped, which is different than a breath, right? So what if you just took a breath? And, and I'm not saying you should meditate, you know, right. it, it just reminds me of, I always think of Mr. Rogers, because he was an ordained minister, but on his show, never mentioned God one time. But his kindness and his empathy and his compassion and the love just emanated, just just radiated off the screen. And, and I was like, eh, I'm going to be like that guy. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And that's a great role model. And that's a great way to look at it, too. And, you know, I've heard this so much. I come, um, my family, I grew up in the South and very conservative and always kind of looked down on this idea of meditation. In fact, People that I'm around even now, they're like, what? You're trying that? You're trying that? Are you sure about that? (laughs) But, you know, one of the things I studied and I looked at is just so many successful people in this world have time of meditation. 
And yeah. all the things I've read, it, it talks about, I mean, you're not, you're not necessarily, to me, you're not like praying to this certain God or anything. Yeah. You're not you necessarily are, praying at all. Exactly. You are yeah. learning to control your mind and, and give it some space. And who wouldn't want that in their life, you know? And so honestly, when I first started trying it, I was like a little nervous just from all this stuff, tradition that has been passed on to me. But I started to realize, you know what? No, I know what my body needs. And this is where I think you kind of have to get to this place where you know what your body needs yep. and you give it what it needs. You quit giving it things that's not serving it. And you start saying, you know what? Who cares about tradition and all that stuff? I need to give my body what it needs and it really needs some space and it really, I want to control my mind. And so, yeah, I, I'm a hundred percent believing in it and it's really working. And the part that just blows me away, we already said it is just that all the resources, I mean, granted the Headspace app is a pay app, unless you're a teacher, I think you can actually get it for free, but it, um, all the resources you're using are free. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And you know, it's funny with the, with the idea of meditation and I get that there's a stigma and I get that people kind of don't understand it all the time and we fear what we don't understand, but it makes me laugh to think, well, okay, what's your, what's your problem? Like I'm, I'm focusing and I'm breathing. Ooh, Satan. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, what can horrible, that possibly, horrible what can that possibly be bad, right? How can that possibly be bad, right? Yeah. But, but there's that word has an association with with Eastern religions that people don't understand and so that they're frightened of and just all, you know, and the word just kind of triggers people in some ways. So when I do my workshops, I don't have them meditate. I just tell them the benefits. I tell them how to do it. I tell them like, like we talked about the idea that you don't have to attach to your thoughts and it's okay to have them. And then I say, now, if that interests you, go do it, go learn, get headspace whatever. But I don't sit there and make them do it because I know that there are too many people um, who might have a problem with that. But then, you know, again, we, like you said, we need to trust ourselves and not be bound by other people's expectations of what we need or what we should or shouldn't be doing. We're the best arbiter of that. And we, I think sometimes we just have to unlearn tradition because stuff that's been taught us isn't always what's best for us. And I, I am a believer of that. I'm definitely a doer of that. You know, there's a lot of things that's been taught me and I'm like, wait a second, you know, that's not serving the people best or that's not serving me best. I'm going to, I'm going to be intentional about unlearning that mm -hmm. and figuring out what it is that actually should be taught, should be happening and better serves the people in it that I'm working with or myself. And so, yeah, I think that's just, and I know it's a controversial topic. And if you're listening, I hope that we haven't offended you in any way, but I do think it is, it's so beneficial. And it is, if you're focusing on yourself and you're focusing on breathing. And I don't know how that could be seen as a bad thing. <laughs> like I really, I really don't, but it's very beneficial for me. I've, I've loved it. I, I can't wait to, report back in a month or two and see how yeah. it's working. I've watched though people um, who do practice this focusing, focused breathing often, and they've been doing it for years. And I watch them in class and CrossFit class. And so I know I'm always comparing stuff to that, but they are better performers. 
And it's I, about focus. I, I do. I believe it's focused. And also if they miss a lift, um, they can literally clear their mind. They walk away. You see them doing this controlled breathing with their eyes closed. And then you watch them walk back and make the lift. Mm-hmm. I don't do that. I make, I miss a lift and then I walk away and I'm thinking about how much I missed that lift and how heavy that was. And maybe I need to tighten my belt up a little tighter and fix my ponytail. And here we go. I'm going to try it again. You know, like a billion thoughts are going through my head and I miss it again. And sometimes I get it, but you watch them, they miss it. Their routine is so different. And I'm like, man, it's gotta be that they've learned to be able to apply those things that they're doing alone in a setting where they needed it most. And that's where I think this is gonna be so beneficial when I'm starting to be able to transfer it and use it daily, like you said, all throughout the day and not just when I'm sitting and being still. And for teachers to use it in the classroom so they're not so overwhelmed and burning out and and, stressed out that they can do that controlled breathing at a recess or at a lunchtime or in the morning before the class starts. I, I like I do. Um, I was amazed to learn that there could be something called a walking meditation. And so when I walk from my classroom up to the office, uh, sometimes I need a meditation to, to, to go up there. Um, I will just walk and be very intentional and focus on my footsteps and my footfalls on the concrete. I'll look around at the sky. I'll breathe. I'll focus on my breath. I'll listen to the birds. Um, I'll notice some details along the way. And by the time I get to the office, it took, I don't know, a minute and a half, maybe. Um, I'm totally relaxed, you know, and, and it's, you know, and, and that's just one of the, the techniques that you can use. But I think that, you know, if, if I wasn't going down this path that I'm going down now, um, I wouldn't have made it through to retirement. I, I know I was on the path of burning out and having to do something else that I wouldn't have liked as much simply because I, I couldn't take it and I, and I, and I would have been um, at the end of my rope. And so I'm, I'm very grateful about this path that I found and these strategies that have saved me. It's, it's a beautiful message, Dan. And I'm so grateful for you to be able to share that message too, because we need real people trying these wonderful tools. And if you're interested in learning more about these tools, you can order his book, Sanctuaries. I'll put these in the show notes but his book Sanctuaries and also The Zen Teacher, either of those books are going to help you. The Zen Teacher kind of gives you, if you're in doubt that this is for you, you should read The Zen Teacher. And then if you are all in and you're ready to start trying some of these strategies, then Sanctuary is going to teach you how to. And um, I feel like both of them are beautiful beautiful works that have helped me so much. And like I said, just helped me make that distinction that that isn't, that's not for me. It is, that's for me. And I need to figure out how to apply it into my busy world because I need that to be able to sustain this productivity that I love at the quality that I plan to implement. Right. And so Dan, you are just so awesome. Thank you for being on the show. Thanks for teaching us. Thanks for sharing. And thanks for helping me about like you. I'm implementing stuff from Sanctuaries now. And you're, you're rocking it, Terry. You're doing a great job. <laughs> I'm trying. Um, we appreciate you so much. And if people want to find you or they want to connect in a different way, or maybe they want to be a part of the Zen teacher community, where should they go? There, there are all kinds of places they can go. 
Uh, my website is thezenteacher.com, like we talked about, because the domain was available. Um, I'm, I'm on Twitter uh, at the Zen Teacher. Um, I have uh, one one little plug I'll give is I just created a, an online course that's only about the five S's, and it's called Instant Zen, and it's at zenprocourses.com. Um, so if you're interested in that and have questions, let me know. And um, both of the, the books are really dear to my heart. And so, um, you know, like Tara said, you can check those out. And, uh, oh, the, the, my podcast, The Zen Teacher Experience, which, you know, um, in, in a very real world way, I'll say I, I, I'm hoping in the future to be more consistent with it. But I still think I try to keep the episode short and, the, and, you know, I try to be laid back about it. So they're there if you want them and you can use them whenever. And uh, hopefully that'll be a good resource too. So there's lots of free stuff, but the books and the courses, you know, of course, go a little deeper and they, they cost some money, but um, tons and tons of free sources. And you can use the five S's anytime for free that you want. Yes. Well, thank you, Dan. We appreciate you sharing your journey and helping us to be better selves. <laughs> I had to laugh. Thank having me. Yes, you are awesome. And I hope all of you listening will have a wonderful day. Hope your mind is open to trying something new or maybe just applying one S in your life. And if you do, please do tag us, tag Dan, tag, um, use the hashtag that's in teacher or the hashtag sanctuaries and share with us how it's working as you are applying these in your life and sharing them out on social media, because we're all made better together and we start to learn like what others are doing and we encourage each other. Uplift each other. Yes, exactly. So thank you for joining the Real Journey Show. Remember next week, same place, same time, and we will see you then. Thank you so much for joining the Real Journey Show. We are excited you tuned in today and hope that you have left feeling inspired and empowered to stay real and share your real journey with others. Remember, real, it's all about being relatable, exposing a little vulnerability, approachable, and learning through life. You can connect with me on Twitter at TaraMartinEDU or visit my website, TaraMMartin.com. Please use the hashtag RealJourneyShow to share your thoughts of today's episode. Tune in next week, The Real Journey Show.